Hello everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the beautiful Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast anytime, feel free to come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And for more details, you can visit our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. We hope you enjoy this message today and that you really get a touch from God. One of the greatest tragedies of life is the inability or the neglect of a father to pass on to his children the benefits of his experience. Fathers must instruct, they must warn, and they must encourage their children. And for the next few Wednesdays, we'll be getting messages from John's first epistle, and they are titled, The Counsel of a Spiritual Father to His Children. And today we're discussing the proof of relationship. The text we're concentrating on is 1 John 3.24, and it says, The one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and following his precepts, abides in and remains in him, and he in him. By this we know that we have the proof that he really abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us as a gift. And the scripture reading is 1 John 3, 11 to 24, and it's long, I know it, but we're going to read it today. It gives us the full story, and I think it's worthwhile. In verse 11 it says, For this is the message which you believers have heard from the beginning of your relationship with Christ, that we should unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. And not be like Cain, who was the evil one and murdered his brother Abel. And why did he murder him? Because Cain's deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, believers, if the world hates you. Verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers and sisters. He who does not love remains in spiritual death. Everyone who hates works against his brother in Christ is at heart a murderer by God's standards. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know and have come to understand the depth and essence of his precious love, that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need and has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Little children, let us not love merely in theory with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. By this we will know without any doubt that we are of the truth and will assure our heart and quite our conscience before him. Verse 20, Whenever our heart convicts us in guilt, for God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things, nothing is hidden from him, because we are in his hands. Beloved, if our heart does not convict us of guilt, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask, because we carefully and consistently keep his commandments, and do the things that we are pleasing in his sight, habitually seeking to follow his plan for us. 
This is his commandment that we believe with personal faith and confident trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that we unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, just as he commanded us. Verse 24. The one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and following his precepts, abides in and remains in him, and he in him. By this we know that we have the proof that he really abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us as a gift. John spoke of our love for one another as a new commandment in 1 John 2.8. How can a commandment be both old and new? It is old in fact, but new in freshness. It's old in principle and new in practice. As Christians grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, each day, each new day, brings the light of greater knowledge and at the same time the new unfolding of the unfathomable depths of his love. In other words, the command to love one another in 1 John 3.11 comes from one of the oldest known laws of God to humankind in Leviticus 19.18. It says, you shall not take revenge nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. But it becomes refreshingly new as a command, as it's restated and demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Therefore, the ultimate test of our Christianity is whether we love others or not. I often hear that the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, but the Old Testament is the principles. It's not just the laws, they're principles. And the New Testament is the practice of them. They have to go hand in hand. And if we study our scripture reading, we find that John described love in four ways. First, we find that it was spontaneous love in 1 John 3.14. It talks about a Christian's love for others should be an involuntary and spontaneous act of the heart. One should not have to say, I will make myself love my fellow Christians. They have ignored me, insulted me and wronged me, but I will love them even if it kills me. If that is the way we love others, we are not showing a spontaneous love. Instead, we're trying to make ourselves love others by merely making it a human effort. This is an impossible feat. In verse 14, John said that this spontaneous love proves that we have been born again as God's children. Let's read it, 1 John 3.14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers and sisters. He who does not love remains in spiritual death. It's pretty clear. Spontaneous love means that we are spiritually alive, born into God's family with other Christian brothers and sisters. So when we see our brothers and sisters in Christ, we automatically reach out to them in love. And second, we find that it's a sacrificial love in 1 John 3.16. And to perceive means to know by experience. We do not know about the love of God simply because we've read about what it says in the Bible about it. Rather, as believers in Jesus Christ, we've experienced that love of God. The identifying quality of God's love, which every believer has experienced, is that Jesus laid down his life for us. This was, on Jesus' part, an act of the will. 
Jesus' life was not wrestled away from him by evil men who pursued him like a hunter stalks an animal. Jesus said, I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Then John said, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. By doing so, we imitate the love of Christ in our lives. We literally allow Christ to love through us, even if it means giving our lives to him. Thirdly, we find that it's a sharing love in 1 John 3, 17 and 18. Here, John became very practical about Christian love. He had been talking about such high and lofty acts as giving our life for another for Jesus' sake and that sort of thing. But now he introduced the fact that we can show a caring love to others in many different ways. And these are not necessarily heroic acts, but nonetheless they demonstrate the love of Christ. John also spoke of those who have material possessions in verse 17 or material blessings from God that we tend to take for granted. 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need but has no compassion for him, how does the will of God live in him? John's summary of practical Christian love in verse 18 is classic. Let's read it together. 1 John 3.18 Little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than just words. He's not saying that we should not use kind, warm words of encouragement to express our love to a needy brother or sister. He's simply saying that those words must be accompanied by warm deeds. Something I've said for a long time at the refinery is, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to pray for someone, pray for them. Christianity isn't just about words, it's about action. Every pious and religious word in the world cannot take the place of one genuine act of Christian love. And fourthly, we find that it is a satisfying love in 1 John 3, 22-24. The Bible is filled with precious promises of God that he's given us, particularly promises regarding prayer. But often these promises are accompanied by certain conditions. It's the part that many Christians forget. God's promises come with strings attached. There's conditions that we need to meet to receive those promises. In verse 22, the promise is, we receive from him everything we ask. How great is that? But what is the condition? The condition is we keep his commands and do what pleases him. That's where many of us trip up. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray, but we don't keep his commands and we don't do what pleases him. And John was not talking about sinless perfection here. He was describing the state of Christians who, as far as they know, have no unconfessed sin in their lives. They are under the control of the Holy Spirit. When this happens, John said that Christians will have confidence before God. They will have courage and freedom in speaking and boldness to stand before God in prayer. The love of God in them is a satisfying love. As we finish up today, think about this. They will know 
We are Christians by our love. The world will know we are Christians by our love. So many times, myself and Amanda have had people say to us, there's something different about you. What is it? And then you tell them that you're a disciple of Christ and they'll say, I knew you were a Christian. The world will recognize the sincerity of our faith, not by our churchmanship or our outward piety, but by the expression of love that we exhibit towards one another. Let me encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God is so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week or hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God one-on-one, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He wants to make you whole and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. You're important to God and you're important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer... We believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Until next time, stay in the blessings.